Thank you so much for joining us today on the Foundational Podcast. Before we get to today's episode, we just want to let you know that Dr. Hackett is publishing a new book. It will be out on Wednesday for purchase. You can find the details in the description below. His new book is called Willing, Doing Whatever It Takes, and it takes you on a journey through his life and how God has used him in all of his years of ministry. So we hope that this book will be a blessing to you. Again, you can find all of the details about where to find Willing in the show notes for this podcast. Now to today's broadcast. Welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. The psalmist David was really struggling with what was going on in the culture of his day. The leadership was becoming corrupt and was beginning to use people, oppressing people. The culture was beginning to move away from righteousness, and it seemed like there was was little, little concern, and there was a disregard for moral purity and living right. And and David was concerned about that. And in his concern, he wrote a psalm. And Psalm 12, I'm going to ask you to read it with me. We got it here on the screen. Would you read it aloud with me? Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases. For the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak idly, every one with his neighbor. With flattering lips and a double heart, they speak. Go ahead and go to the next one. (laughs) That is the next one. Oh, thank you. I didn't see it change. Here we go. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Who have said with our tongue, we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? For the oppression of the poor... For the sighing of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. Look at that. Now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of the earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked prowl on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. Mm. That kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? Kind of sounds like today. What's happening in our culture? Goodness and righteousness is ceasing. Duplicity of heart. Double tongue, saying one thing and all the while they mean another thing. Distortion of what is actual truth.
delusion. And, and speaking delusion as if delusion was fact and truth. We're, we're just living in this time. And, and what, what do you do in the midst of that? Well, I can tell you, it's not a time for the church to cocoon. It's not a time for the church to hunker down between four walls and just hang on till Jesus comes. He's coming. But Jesus gave us a command with the knowledge of his coming. His command was, watch, be faithful, and do the work. Don't, church, don't hunker down. Church, don't hide. Church, don't back up. This is not a time for the child of God to begin compromising and be going, well, you know, that's what the world is. I guess we just, no, 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 no. No, no, in the midst of this time when the culture is in the midst of its downslide, the church has got to stand for truth and righteousness. We've got to boldly speak truth. We speak the truth with love, but we must be bold. We speak the truth with love, but we can't compromise. We speak the truth with love, but we must hold out truth because truth is what will make people free. This is not a time, this is not a time to let fear grip your heart. Folks, we don't, listen, really? You're going to live in fear? Can I just remind you, our living God is the same God that said to the children of Israel, when you will walk with me and love me and serve me, none of these diseases will come upon you. Can I remind you, the scripture says in Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. And then he goes on to say, so we don't need to fear the pestilence that flies by day or the, arrow, or, or the, the arrows that fly by day or the terror that flies by night. We don't need to fear the pestilence because why? He said, you may see it on your right hand and your left hand. It'll not come near you. Amen? Amen? We don't live in fear. Come on, don't live in fear. So what do we do in the midst of this culture? Well, that's why we've been talking about the armor of God, putting on the armor of God. Today we're going to start a short mini-series about the authority of a disciple of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and you have that authority whether you're new in Jesus or whether you've been walking with Jesus for 100 years. You have the authority because the authority that Jesus gave to his disciples isn't based upon how long you walk with Jesus. It's based upon who you are and who lives in you. The Apostle Paul did an interesting thing in his second epistle to the church at Corinth. In that letter to the church at Corinth, he was talking about generosity. He was talking about just you know having a heart to give. And then suddenly, just in, in one verse, he switches and starts talking about war. And he says it like this. He said, for though we live in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. 
casting down imaginations and everything that lifts us up against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought captive and into the obedience of Christ. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. What's he talking about? Well, the apostle is talking about the cosmic war that's been going on from eternity past. That war that's going on between two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Lucifer, the kingdom of love, the kingdom of hate, the kingdom of goodness, the kingdom of evil, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of truth and the kingdom of distortion, the kingdom of deception. He is the father of lies. Lucifer is the father of lies, Scripture says. Now, that, that cosmic war began before God created mankind. We're not told when. We just know that sometime before God created the human race, before God created the planet Earth to be able to, to habitate human life, that, that this war went on in heaven. And it's interesting because both the prophet Isaiah and the prophet Ezekiel talk about what went on. Isaiah says it this way in Isaiah chapter 14. He said, how are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, O son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations? And then he talks about the five I wills of Lucifer. Listen to what Lucifer said. He said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mountain of the congregation. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. Hmm. Lucifer. So who was this character before he fell? Well, both Isaiah and Ezekiel talk about who he was beforehand. Listen to these things they say about Lucifer, what he was like before he fell. He was the anointed cherub who covered. God established that. He was on the holy mountain of God. He walked back and forth on the fiery stones he was a created being. Now, he was a created being. He is a created being. That means he's finite. So when someone says to me, man, the devil has just been beating up on me, I'm going, oh, that's good because he hadn't been fighting on me. Because <laughs> he can't be two places at once. He's a created being. Now, what do we know? We know he's got a whole army, right? He's got a whole army of fallen angels and demons that mess with us. Yeah. But he's a, he's, he's a finite being. Now, if he's a finite being, that means he's not all-powerful either. Because sometimes we talk about him like he is, he's the all-powerful. No, 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 no. I better stop here because I'll get off on one of my pet peeves. Okay, here we go. His heart became proud because of his beauty. 
See, what, what we think of him, you know, what Hollywood's portrayed him, you know, this, this red character with a weird tail and horns and, you know, this, uh, this ugly being and, and, and how that they, that they portray him in, in... No, no, no. Even the Apostle Paul said he is full of light. And if it was possible, he would even deceive the children of light, the children of God. He is, he is stunningly beautiful. That's what makes him so dangerous because he can portray himself as beauty. Let me just give you a couple of examples of how he does this. Has, has, anybody, has anybody noticed that, that when, they're, when they're advertising alcohol, you always got this gorgeous woman and this really cool-looking guy, and, and they're just really cool. And if you're really cool, you drink this bourbon or you drink this vodka or whatever, right? They don't show you the alcoholic. They don't show you the car wrecks from drunken driving. They don't show you the guy that has lost his business, has lost his marriage, has lost his kids, and he's living on the streets, wetting on himself. They don't show you that guy. They don't show you the woman who has, who has become so addicted to alcohol that she's no longer taking care of herself and, and she's a fallen down drunk that is an embarrassment to everybody that sees her. He shows you the beauty. I remember, they, they don't have these anymore, but when I was a kid growing up, I always had this really cool cowboy riding on this gorgeous horse smoking this cigarette, and if you were really cool and you were really a man, if you were a man, you smoked this cigarette. I can see you'd already deceived some of you in the past. <laughs> Me too. The doctors always get a kick out of it. The doctors, I, I, I wait for this. The doctor asks you, so have you ever smoked? Yes. <clears throat> when did you start? Eight years old. <laughs> when did you quit? Thirteen. Well, when I was in school, if you smoked, you couldn't play football and you couldn't run in track. That was more important to me than the cigarettes, so I quit. Then I came to Jesus three years later. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on. Amen. But see, you see how, see how Satan uses his beauty, and that's what he goes on to say. He not only became proud because of his beauty, but his wisdom became corrupt because of his splendor. He defiled the sanctuaries where he served, and he led a host of angels against the throne of Almighty God. They were thrown out of heaven. And both Isaiah and Ezekiel talk about how Lucifer, when he was thrown out of heaven, when he was going to establish his kingdom here on earth, that he used three primary ways to establish his kingdom on earth. One, he used nations and kingdoms of the earth. He would work in the hearts of men and women who were the leaders of nations, who were the leaders of kingdom, and he would get them to establish his authority and his darkness within the realm of their kingdom. Amen. And he used 
financial institutions, and commerce. He talked about how through his trading he caused people to fall. Hmm. Is that why in the last days there's going to be a kingdom that will be established and you will not be able to buy or sell unless you have the mark of the beast and you worship Lucifer? Do you get it now? Do you see? But from, from the eternity past until right this moment, he has been using kingdoms. How else can you explain what he's done behind the bamboo curtain, what we saw behind the iron curtain. It was so amazing when we first went behind the iron curtain in the 1980s and we saw that so many of the people were still farming with horses. And we would see piles of vegetables and food in the fields rotting because they weren't able to get it to market. In the meantime, though, the nation was starving. Is there a reason, is there a reason that since communism came into North Africa, the desert has expanded itself over and over, doubled itself and doubled itself and doubled itself, all in communist nations? Is there a reason that Venezuela, who at one time, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, was the third economy of the world. And look at where it is today. Lucifer at work. Lucifer at work. His kingdom at work. And we want to bring it here? Really? Do we really want to release that here? I don't think so. But see, that's what mankind faced going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. When God created mankind in Genesis 1:28, God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and take dominion. Well, why would God use military terms right in the very sentence where he's blessing them and he's telling them how he wants them to prosper, he wants them to increase, he wants them to live the blessed life, but then he uses these two military terms. So do it and take dominion. Why? Because God, God sent his agents behind enemy lines into the enemy territory, into the very region where Lucifer was the ruler of the darkness of this world. He was the prince in the power of the air. And Almighty God created mankind who was just a little lower than himself, placed him there so that he could drive out the kingdom of darkness. God's intent from the very beginning was that mankind would have authority over the powers of darkness, over Lucifer's kingdom, and would defeat Lucifer's kingdom. That's why it says in Psalm 8, 4 to 8, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou didst make him a little lower than the angels. Thou didst crown him with glory and honor. And gave him dominion over the work of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. You see, from the very beginning, God meant... 
for the human race to be his army on earth to defeat the kingdom of darkness, to defeat Lucifer's kingdom. That was God's intent from the very beginning. So Genesis happens, chapter 3, here comes Lucifer in the form of a serpent with his beauty and his lying tongue. One of the questions people always ask me is, why did, why, why, why did he come in the form of a serpent? What, what, we don't know what he looked like, just that he came. And, and that then becomes one of his names, right, throughout the rest of the scripture. He's called the old serpent. Right, But he came in his beauty, and what did he do? He began lying. He began distortion. Has God really said to you, don't eat the fruit? You know, you know God's being mean to you. Have you ever had the enemy say that in your mind? God's being mean to you right now. God's being mean to you. This isn't fair. What's happening to you? This isn't right. Has anybody besides me noticed life on earth isn't fair? <laughs> Nowhere. I mean, if it had been fair, I'd have been six foot two. Because <laughs> I don't know why I want to be any taller. I already outgrew my hair, so I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> Life's not fair. But the enemy, see, he's distorting. He's distorting. And then he throws in a little bit of delusion. Because God knows if you eat that, you will be as God. No, no, no. You're the one that wants to be as God. You get his delusion there? See, because what he's doing, he's wanting to pull them in. And what happens is mankind, at that moment, at that moment, Adam and Eve had the authority they could have thrown Lucifer out of the garden and commanded him to never return. But instead, they commit high treason. And now the whole human race falls into this slavery to the power of darkness. And God has to then begin his work all over again. He finds a man who's righteous in his, in his DNA called Noah. And to, to him, he gives the same blessing, the same command. And from Noah's sons, the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he begins establishing an earthly kingdom through their generations, the children of Israel, because from the children of Israel, we're going to get the word of God and we're going to get the Savior. Because way back in Genesis 3.15, God turns to the serpent and he says, I am going to put enmity between you and the seed of woman. And he will bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. And Almighty God is saying, I'm raising, I'm raising, I'm raising the warfare. There's going to come one who will be the seed of woman, and he's going to have the authority to take you out. And so from that point on, down through the patriarchs, down through all the years of the children of Israel, what is Lucifer doing? He is trying to to destroy the children of Israel because he's got to stop the seed of woman because out of the patriarch's lineage is going to come the seed of woman, Jesus Christ. And he can't do it. He tries and he tries and he tries and he can't do it. And then here comes the day. Gabriel comes to Nazareth. 
He visits a young lady there. He says, man, the day has come. You're going to be the woman, and God's going to be in your womb. And Jesus Christ comes as a man to earth to do what? To defeat the devil and to establish his church. And what does he say? Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What is he saying? I'm going to use mankind again, and I'm going to call it my church, my called out ones, the ecclesia, the ones who follow me, who is called out of darkness into my light, who is called out of sin into my righteousness, who is called out of the slavery of Satan into the liberty and the freedom with which I make them free. And I'm going to use them and through those men and women, through those young people, through those children, I am going to defeat the very throne and the very gates of hell because they will crush hell. Why? Because I'm going to give them the keys of my kingdom. And whatever they bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever they loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. FYI, you just missed a really good place to shout and praise God right there. Just, just thought I'd let you know. You missed it. Watch what he does. I'm wrapping up with this. You, you wondered when I was going to get to the end. We're at the end now. Get ready. <laughs> now, I didn't tell you how long the end was, though. <laughs> I just said we're at the end. I get to choose how long it is. This is the really good part, though. Get ready. Pastor Aaron and Pastor Jesse are going to pick up with this, and they're going to continue on because tomorrow morning at 745, Juan and I are flying out to Croatia to celebrate with them the dedication of their new building. Hallelujah. Amen. We help them with that. Several others help them. It's a miracle from God. It's a miracle from God. Amen. Gospel preaching churches in Croatia have not been able to buy buildings. And Almighty God raised over $300,000 for them to be able to buy that building. Amen. You know what's fun? They were telling me this week, when I was talking with them on, on the messenger, we were talking, and they, they told me, they said, you know what's really cool? Our overflow area is getting filled up. They're already filling the building with so many new people coming to Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Come on, let's give Jesus a praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In a, in, a, in, a nation, in a nation where a large church is 30 and 40, and Almighty God is helping them, they are much larger than that. God is just blessing them. Their, their youth group has doubled this year yeah. in size. Isn't that awesome? And, 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 and all of the young people received Jesus at camp this year, and they're walking in it. It wasn't just a momentary thing. They're walking in it. They're becoming disciples of Jesus. Come on. God's doing great things there, and it's going to be fun to celebrate with them. I'm going to get to see Dario Kappen, our missionary in Bosnia-Herzegovina, and right now they're working to plant a second church 
they've planted a church in Derlinta, and, and they're looking now, uh, or, um, not, that, that's where they're going to plant a church, is in Derlinta. And, and they, that, that city has never, ever had a gospel-preaching church in its history. And, and we're, we're preparing to plant a church there. God is doing such great things. Amen. Come on. Listen, so Jesus calls 12 men, and he gives them authority. He says, go and preach the kingdom of God is here. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Yes, But those men were only to go to Jewish people. They were only to go to Jewish people. They were only to go to Jewish communities. And God begins blessing their work. But watch. So then in Luke chapter 10, that's Matthew chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, it records that Jesus then called 70 others. And he gave them exactly the same commission. Preach the kingdom of God is here now. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. He gives them exactly the same And he sends them out not just to Jewish communities and Jewish people, but whatever cities Jesus was going to go to. If he was in the Decapolis, which was all Roman communities, they were to go there. They would go to all the communities wherever Jesus was going to go. Those 70 came back, and they went, man, it is cool, Jesus. This is my paraphrase. It is cool, Jesus. Even demons are subject to us when we command them in your name. And Jesus goes, right on, baby. I told you, it's my paraphrase. But then he says this. He says, I give you authority. Listen, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Look at the authority he's giving to human beings. Look at the authority. Wow, that's so cool. But he didn't stop there. On the night of his betrayal, he's having one of his last conversations with his disciples. How many know the last conversation someone has with you when they're about to die is really important? And his conversation, he says to them, listen, truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believes in me, now it's not the 12, it's not the 70, it's anyone that believes. Turn to your neighbor and say, Oh, now pastor's talking about you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Truly, truly, I say to you, he that believes in me, the works that I do, shall ye do also, and greater works than these shall ye do. Come on. You know what that means is every single one of us in this room, you and I now have been given the authority. We can preach the kingdom of God is here now. We can heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. And I hear someone who's a little bit too religious going, I want chapter and verse for that. I'm so glad you asked. 
Mark chapter 16, beginning at verse 15, going down through verse 18. Jesus himself speaking. If you got a red letter Bible, this is in red. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creatures. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. Not these signs shall follow the televangelist. These signs shall follow my preachers. These signs shall follow my apostles. These signs, no, no. These signs shall follow, say it with me, them that believe. Come on, them that believe. Say it again, them that believe. Now say it this way. These signs shall follow me. Oh, you weren't as loud there. Got to get the faith up on that one, don't you? But it's so true. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That's the authority Jesus Christ gave the church. In Hebrews chapter 2, Almighty God says that he has restored through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and through everyone who believes on Jesus Christ, God is restoring mankind to his original design that he will walk in the authority over the kingdom of darkness and displace the kingdom of darkness so he can establish the kingdom of God, the kingdom of righteousness, the kingdom of good, the kingdom of peace, the kingdom of purity, the kingdom of hope, the kingdom of love, the kingdom of mercy and grace. That's the authority we've been given. Because there are gospel preaching churches in this city, we should be ever driving the kingdom of darkness further and further out of our cities. We just got to believe. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com. 